We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. With your host, Barry, a pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, tonight we bring you part eight in our series entitled, The Ten Disturbing Claims of Christ. These 10 claims of Jesus will either draw you or drive you from him. But it is our hope that they will draw you to Christ. These 10 claims of Christ were so disturbing to the religious leaders of his day that they wanted to kill him. These 10 claims of Christ, even today, still disturb all the false religions and cults of the world who do not know the historic Jesus of the Bible. So stay tuned to learn about these 10 disturbing claims of Christ and much, much more. For we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Uh, Dr. Buckner, can you hear me? How are you doing? Oh, I'm blessed. I'm doing well in the Lord. Amen, my brother. Despite uh, some technical problems, but we're still here. So we pray the Lord, uh, praise to the Lord today that he's allowed us to be on the air despite it all. Well, he's going to have the victory in spite of technology. Amen. <laughs> Amen to that. Yes, we praise the Lord for the opportunity to be with uh, Contending for the Faith. The Lord is always good and worthy to be praised for the opportunity to always serve him and bless his name. And we have been doing a series on the Ten Disturbing Claims of Christ. And we are going to be coming to the eighth disturbing claim of uh, Christ. And uh, that is related to the Alpha and the Omega. The Alpha and the Omega. Now, uh, there is something interesting about this that I want everybody to uh, pay close attention to. And that is that in Revelation chapter 22 and 13, it says that uh, the Father... Uh, is speaking through the Son, and this is Jesus uh, speaking, and even though they're one, this is Jesus speaking here. And it says in Revelation 22 and 13, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And then we have the same thing mentioned over in uh, Revelation chapter 1 and verse 8. And this is God the Son. So you have uh, uh, God the Son speaking in Revelation 1 and 8, and, uh, and as well as the Father, because they're all one. But this main verse here in Revelation 1 and 8 is the Father uh, speaking, and yet in Revelation 22 and 13, you have the uh, Son uh, speaking, and here in Revelation 1 and 8, it says, and I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and 
the end. So you have the Son saying that I am the Alpha and the Omega, and I am the first and I'm the last. And then you have the Father in Revelation 1 and 8, even though they are one, it's the Father speaking. And he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. And it's also interesting that in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 17, you have uh, the Lord Jesus speaking here, and he says, I am the first and I am the last. And when you compare this verse of Scripture to Isaiah 44 and 6, you have the Father speaking there, and he says, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last, and besides me there is no God. Now, it's either you have two firsts and two lasts, which is a logical redundancy and linguistic insanity, or you have one first and you have one last and one alpha and omega. And since God said in Isaiah 44 and 6, I am the first and the last, and besides me there is no God, it makes it very clear that Jesus Christ is equal to God in nature, essence, and being. Now, that's something very important. Now, uh, this verse of Scripture, these verses of Scripture, is something that the Jehovah's Witnesses hate. And whatever they hate is something that you need to love and share with them, because the Holy Spirit takes those verses of Scripture and convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Now, that's very important for us to understand. So we're looking at this powerful verse of Scripture in Revelation 22 and 13. Even though the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one, we have here in Revelation 22 and verse 13, we have the Lord Jesus Christ speaking, saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, and you have the Father even though he and Jesus is one in the Spirit, you have the Father speaking, saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Now, this is the great mystery of the Godhead. This is the great mystery of the Godhead. When it talks about, literally, the Alpha and the Omega relating itself to not only the Father, but also the Son. This is the great mystery of the Godhead. Now, in Greek, we have the names of the first and the last letters of the Greek alphabet. Jesus created the Greek language by calling himself the Alpha and the Omega. What is he saying from this? I am the A, and I am the Z. I am the A to Z, the beginning and the ending, the one who stepped out on nothing, grabbed a handful of nothing, through nothingness, nowhere, and it became a universe. So let us notice first that the Lord is describing the Alpha and the Omega in relationship to ranking. He is ranked above all. He is superior to all. To all, that's what the book of Hebrews is all about, is the ranking of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Alpha. He is the first. He is the beginning. He is the creator. And matter of fact, the Greek word for beginning is arche, and that's how you get the English word architect, designer and maker and creator of all things. He is the chief. 
He is the foremost above all else. He is the firstborn, the prototokos, the creator of all things. He is the eternal God. He is over all things. That's what the Bible says. He created all things, and he is above all things. Mankind by nature is not the first. Even the angels by nature is not the first. Nor is angels ever called first or the chief. Jesus is called the chief cornerstone. Even created all the creatures, all the creatures that he created by nature is never called the first. Anytime somebody is called the first as far as creation is concerned, he is the creator of all things in the Alpha and the Omega. Also, the word Alpha was used by the Hebrews. This is something interesting to note. Also, the word Alpha was used by the Hebrews. And when the Hebrews used the word uh, Alpha, it always related to the best, the very best, number one, first and foremost, above all else, which is related to the letter A. Jesus is not just a priest. Now listen to this and me bringing this home. Be blessed by this. Jesus is not just a priest. Make a note of that. Everybody listening to this message, write this down. Be blessed by it. Jesus is not just a priest, but he is the great high priest. Jesus is not just Lord, but he is Lord of Lords. Jesus is not just a king, but he's king of kings. Now, in regards to the church, Jesus is not just the master, but he is the master builder. Jesus is not just a, a bread or bread. He is the bread of life. Jesus is not just a shepherd, but he is the good shepherd and the great shepherd. Jesus is not just a chief, but he, the Bible says he is the chief cornerstone. Jesus is not just powerful, but he's all-powerful. All power is in his hands. And Matthew 28 says, Jesus said, all power has been given to me. All powers. He's omnipotent. All-powerful. Uh, more powerful than anybody on this planet. And he's in control of all things. Jesus is not just a man, but he is the God-man. Jesus didn't just die, but he came back from that grave to give you eternal life so that when you go to that grave, he can say, like Lazarus, come forth, come forth. And it's a blessing that Jesus just said, he called Lazarus by his name, and he said, Lazarus, come forth. Because he would, he would have said, come forth, everybody out of the grave from the time of Adam, but it came out of the grave, but he was specific and said, you know, Lazarus come forth. And my friend, when you go to that grave, Buddha can't raise you up. Zoroaster, Confucius, Muhammad, Jerry Buckner can't raise you up. Only Jesus, because all power, all power is in his hand to raise you from the dead by just speaking a word, by just saying your name. But in order for him to do that, you got to confess your sins. You got to confess your sins. You got to repent. And you got to accept him as, Lord, as Savior and Lord of your life. Because you cannot get into the kingdom of God being unrighteous. 
It lets us know that in 1 Corinthians 6 and 9. No unrighteousness will inherit the kingdom of God. you got to repent, my friend. you got to turn to God, and you got to surrender to him right now, no matter where you're at. You just ask God to forgive you, you know, and then repent. And be like John the Baptist when he said, bring forth the fruit of repentance. That's a change of heart, change of mind, change of uh, thoughts, all of that thing. That's what God wants you to do when it comes to repentance. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. Time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecture Council, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. You know, we've been out of the studio for a couple of months due to the COVID situation, but we are here tonight through the wizardry of modern technology. Dr. Buckner is in Tiburon, and I'm in Sacramento, and we're able to uh, do the program remotely. So there's been a couple of hiccups, but you know what? God is good, and we're, we're pl- pushing through, and we're getting it done, and hopefully you all are hearing us loud and clear, and uh, hopefully you've been praying for contending for the faith, even while we have been away. You know, this is a prayer-driven ministry, and without your prayer support, it doesn't happen. We need the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous, and that's you guys to continue to lift us up so that we can do the work God has called us to do. In addition to that, we also need your financial support because this is a listener-supported ministry, and it costs us 400 a week to remain on the air. And we just want to thank those of you over the past week who have stepped up to the plate, uh, uh, Sophia and others, to give uh, generously. And uh, we can't thank you enough, but we, we, we do have to keep the the, the flow in the pipeline, so to speak, so that we can stay in the black, stay on the air, and continue to do what God has called us to do. There's two ways you can donate. Uh, first one is to send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California. Tiburon is spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. The second is so much easier. Just simply go online to Contending faith.org contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button and it's that simple away you go you'll be a blessing for time and eternity and so we just want to encourage you continue to pray for contending for the faith and continue to partner with us financially so that we can continue to to do the work that god has called us to do be that partner with us be that partner with us in eternity to touch lives for time and eternity dr buckner Thank you, Brother Gary. Appreciate uh, those uh, announcements. And again, uh, as Brother Gary has said, we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for uh, giving to Contending for the Faith. It's one of a kind, and there are so many people that contact me uh, through letter and through a telephone call saying how much uh, the program has been a blessing in their lives and how it's ministered to them. Even some people, Brother Gary, say that they listen to it at 4 o'clock in the morning on uh, Saturday. So uh, KFAX has been uh, gracious to us to uh, 
uh, re-air our programs on uh, uh, Saturday mornings at 4 o'clock for those who get up that early before the birds start singing. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so uh, we're uh, grateful for that and appreciative. And we want to also thank Brother Ken as well. Uh, He stepped up huge and uh, gave uh, this week. And we appreciate you, brother, for uh, letting God use you and uh, being a minister of uh, giving. So uh, God bless you because it's helped us and Sister Sophia to keep us uh, right on track with what we need to do as far as paying uh, the bills. So um, so we're going to get to our callers, uh, Brother Gary. And who do we have first? Oh, we have Brother Rick, who's been waiting patiently. He has a question tonight. Brother Rick, how are you doing? I am blessed. How about yourself? Brother, I'm truly blessed and highly favored in the Lord, and it's good to hear your voice, and we've been praying for you, and we trust that you've been uh, doing well. And I'm looking forward to continuing the dialogue we had last week. Oh, good. And, and what's on your heart? What's on your heart tonight? Okay, because I, I noticed that, uh, you know, things have still been going on with uh, Black Lives Matter and uh, Antifa and all the other various left-wing groups. The, que- the question that's coming to my mind is, you know, we could get into dialogue with them, but it creates a lot of heat. So what can we do, number one, to create a lot, start, start uh, putting some light on the subject, mm-hmm. biblically, in other words. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing I want to bring up is because of all the uh, attempts at uh, certain groups trying to form their own governments in, in our country, how, how critical is how critical are things like the police and other government services that we have? Oh, very good. I'd like, like, like to turn the sub. I'd like to turn the subject to that. That's a very good question. Uh, I am doing an article for the uh, Bakersfield Californian on uh, dealing with uh, trying to get to the root of the problem in our world today. And uh, they were very impressed with my article, and they said it's going to go national. So we want everybody to pray for that. And they have a model, uh, the uh, news people there, uh, on roots. And so I told them that my uh, article, I'm going to phrase it, that you got to get to the root in order to bear fruit. And when I use the word root, I'm basically saying that we got to get to two S's. The first S in order to solve the problems of our world today, the first S is a three-letter word. That's sin, S-I-N. And then the second one is a savior. He's the only answer to the problem of sin. Because when you look at the problem of racism, bigotry, and uh, hate, and all these movements trying to get together with this movement, Black Lives Matter, and trying to get together with this uh, political movement and the liberal wing and conservative wing and all of that stuff, it's never going to give the answers to the problems of our world today. It uh, just puts a Band-Aid on the issue but never solves the problem. So you can't solve a problem with, of cancer by putting a Band-Aid on it, uh, nor a COVID. You can't solve it by putting a Band-Aid on it. you got to get to the root in order to bear fruit. And so... The root of our problem today is sin. And the reason why I say it's sin, because uh, in the heart of man, uh, the Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 17 and 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. 
And you remember Jesus said, out of the heart proceeded these things with evil thoughts, adultery, fornication, and then murders, and he went on and on and on. We see all of that stuff happening today on our in the streets and all of the stuff, the chaos and the anarchy, and Jesus hit it on the nose And Jeremiah. We need a, a heart fixer, you know, because our hearts are out of control, and man is doing what the Old Testament says, what is right in his own eyes. And so uh, only Jesus can solve the problems of our world today, and we need to turn to him, you know, and uh, in the Old Testament, in Second Chronicles 7 and 14, it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn, notice it says turn, that's the word for repentance, turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. The land needs a healing, but people first got to turn from their wicked ways. And, you know, when you look back in history and you look at... Uh, the things that happened that changed the hearts of men uh, back in the 1800s, 17, 1800s, was, re was revival. And the, these two R's, Reformation always leads to revival. Reformation is a tra transform heart and mind, and it'll lead to a revival. And you see the people of Israel, when they were into idolatry and immorality and all sorts of things, you know, the prophets would always say, turn back to the Word of God, turn back to the Lord, turn back to God. And when they did, that revival broke out, and reformation and revival took place. And that's the answer for our world today. Uh, in the 1800s, when revivals took place, the jail cells were, you know, shut down, and uh, people weren't committing crimes and all that. That's what we need. We need to turn to Jesus. He's the answer. When a person has a need a root canal, you can't solve it by a Band-Aid. When they have a need a root canal, you can't solve it by cleaning. Or you can't solve it by, or uh, you know, just getting down there, just kind of cleaning it a little bit, uh, you know, or the cavity, getting the cavities filled. You got to get to the root way down. And that's what uh, sin is. It's way down. And only God can go down there through the power of the Holy Spirit and heal our land, and we need to turn to him, and he promised us he will heal our land. Now, as far as the police is concerned, concerned and reform, uh, you know, the Bible has something to say about this, and I want all of those who say, well, we need to defund the police department, I'm, I'm going to give you a real good scripture on that. If you're going to defund the police department, then you need to also just throw out Romans chapter 13. Because Romans chapter 13 talks about the government, and it talks about God has established these powers and these governmental powers to, uh, and this is talking about not only the government, but those who are law enforcements. And see, we see when we see a world of lawlessness, then God has established the laws in the government uh, to uh, deal with lawlessness. And then it says that he is a minister of God. God has allowed the law enforcement to be ministers to do uh, good for us and uh, to snap out uh, evil. That's what it talks about in Romans chapter 13. So if you're going to defund the police department, then you need to defund uh, Romans chapter 13. You need to just throw it out. Just say, hey, no need to have it because God put it there. And you notice 
that uh, Jesus never did debunk the Roman government, even though it was corrupt and it had its problems. You know, even when these, he was on the cross with those two men on the other side of him, he could have said the Roman authorities are doing an unjust thing. No, those Roman soldiers, I mean, those uh, prisoners on there, they said, look, we get, we, we get an adjust thing done to us, but he's, he's a just man. He's done nothing, the one on the right. So, and then Paul, you know, when he was getting ready to be executed, he didn't say anything negative about the Roman government. He just knew that they were attacking the Christians, but they were there. God has established law enforcement and the governmental authorities, and we need to be subject to them. That's what it says in uh, Romans 13, be subject. If we're not subject, then we're being disobedient, and we're giving in to the lawlessness of our world, and that's going to bring the judgment of God if we don't do what God called us to do. So hopefully, Brother Rick, that's uh, giving you some extra insight to your two questions. I just want to I just want to add one other thing about the police department today that we forget a lot about. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of uh, very special services for us, mm-hmm. and a lot of times we don't appreciate that. We mm-hmm. don't we, we think of them in crime fighting, which is important, or we think about them in bad news situations when they do abuse their powers. But when we look at when we look at what really happens uh, throughout everyday life. Mm-hmm. They, they, they do the things like the uh, first aid. It could be uh, it could be so many uh, different things. Oh and yeah, of, yeah. We we forget that. Oh yeah, and then who are you gonna who are you gonna call when somebody's breaking into your house? And how are you gonna deal with all these criminals on the street? You know, no social worker is gonna be able to come in and all of a sudden come somebody down that got a gun and they're robbing you and wanting to rape you. They're gonna. Uh, rape the social worker and kill them too. So, and the people that get hurt the most in the inner cities is the people that are poor and suffering because they hit those areas and businesses that are like that. So law enforcement is something that's ordained. It says it's ordained by God. We need to tell people that when we're talking to them about this subject matter, we need to talk to them about Romans 13, be obedient. God says be subject. That means to be obedient to the laws that God has established. And within those laws is laws, uh, law enforcement. So thank you, Brother Rick, for your call and your, your good question as well. God bless. God bless. I look like we almost had another commercial break. Brother Gary? Well, we may have a minute or two. All um, right. We have another caller? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Not yet. Well, we, we sh- I'm sure we'll... Uh, sooner or later. I'm, it's, this is a uh, second week we've been on and no CC. So. <laughs> yeah, I think he he finally gave up. Maybe I don't know. We we he's usually uh, calling in ten minutes before the show starts, so it's unusual. Yeah, we'll have uh, uh, Vince to uh, maybe uh, he can uh, text me or email me uh, his number. And then we'll give him a call because I know that, and we hope that he's okay. We, we, you know, pray for him that he's okay because there's several other brothers I haven't been able to get a hold of. And we hope that they're okay in the troubled times that we are uh, living in right now. Uh, you want to say a few things on this, Gary, before we go to the commercial break? We know that we're almost at that. So 
uh, in relationship to what uh, Rick and I was talking about? Well, you know, it's interesting to me that whenever uh, the culture removes God from things, the problems still remain, mm-hmm. right? We still have issues, but now we have to come up with humanistic ways to f- try to solve these issues, or we begin to blame people for the, these issues. And when you have a, a biblical perspective, then you begin to understand when the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory, there are none righteous. Well, we know that, you know, there's no such thing as perfect people. We also know that, you know, no, uh, it, 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 whether it's the police department or whatever profession it is, you have good and you have bad mm-hmm. in, in all of these professions. And common sense will tell you that not everybody is corrupt. Not everybody is doing the wrong thing. You know, you we don't see because all of a sudden your dentist has a problem or has is corrupt. You, you stop going to all the dentists, you know, <laughs> you mm-hmm. want throughout all the dentists. You know, so it's this this idea that uh, we all we got to paint all the police officers with the same brush when we know for a fact that there are good police officers. We know for a fact that there are, are good people in all professions, mm-hmm. you know. And so we have to be careful when we take God out of the picture. You know, all these crazy ideas come forward and people mm-hmm. embrace them and it's not truth. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I think. As a culture today, we lean, lean toward these absolutes. And, you know, all of these people are bad. Or all white people are racist. Or all police officers are bad. You know, mm-hmm. and and the media uh, proliferates that. People get caught up in that and uh, lose all common sense when it comes to these things. Mm-hmm. That's so true. You so know, well, we have. Yeah, we have to really be careful about the things that we buy into. Mm-hmm. Um, the culture is putting out a lot of strange ideas. And, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, you even bring it more on a personal level with our our own lives, you know, where we uh, go to jobs every day, uh, at least when we work going, and, and then we have connections. And, you know, you don't uh, say because there's a few bad apples at my job, I'm just going to stop my job, and then I'm going to categorize everybody at my job to be bad. Uh, right. The same thing is true with family members. Not everybody in your family and extended family are together, but you still have those uh, family reunions and get together with family members. But, you know, uh, as you indicated, you know, uh, you don't throw all the baby out with the bathwater because of uh, one bad apple, and you even with officers uh, – that so Satan has uh, got people right where he wants them to be, and it shows you where people's mentality is at because it took that one incident with uh, George Floyd, where people just the Satan took that and exploded the nation, the world. And you look at the situation when you understand spiritual warfare, you know people are not our enemies. You know it's Satan working behind it, and so when you uh, go at people even though there's uh, people that need to be justly uh, tried for what they do and shouldn't be off the hook. But on a spiritual level, when you got that spiritual maturity, you're going to see that, wait a minute now, who's our real enemy? And people 
are looking at human beings as being our real enemy rather than as Satan kicks back and he just laughs at that. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, things aren't always what they appear to be. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we often judge things on a very superficial level, on a very surface level, without getting into the facts, finding out what's going on. Uh, sometimes things, are, you know, people's motivations are not exactly what you think they are. Mm-hmm. So there's so many layers to this stuff. And if you don't have God operating in your life, if you're not spending time with the Lord, I say this all the time, that when we spend time with the Lord, we get wisdom. When we spend time with the Lord, we get discernment. Mm-hmm. Uh, God speaks to our, our hearts and, and leads us into all truth mm-hmm. by his spirit. And so it's important that we have a biblical perspective and that we don't allow our feelings and emotions to run rampant and uh, confuse these issues. Uh, it, it's, it's important that we have God's view. And, uh, you know, we talk about that having love and, and, you know, God is, he's gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, right? We, we, and that's what we need to be. We need to be slow to anger and abounding in love. You know, if I'm going to err, I want to err on the side of grace mm-hmm. and give people grace and try to resolve issues without flying off the handle, burning things down, you know, think past the, the, the emotional situation. All right, it looks like we need to take a break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecture Counseling Expert on the Cults. Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, I'm Gary Bell. Once again, we want to encourage you to continue to pray for contending for the faith. Without your prayers, this program would not have been on the air as long as it has been, going on 20 years. And we know it's because of your prayers. And we thank you for your for putting those prayers forth. And it's so important that you continue to pray for this ministry. And secondly, you know, this is a listener-supported ministry. And we need your financial support support and partnership to maintain this ministry. It costs us 400 a week to remain on the air. And uh, we just need your consistent prayers as well as your consistent financial giving. There's two ways you can donate. Number one is send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Tiburon is spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N. Second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the donate button, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. So we can't thank you enough. Continue to pray, be consistent in prayer, and be consistent in your giving. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary, for the announcement, and uh, we appreciate that. And let's go to our next caller. All right, we have Sophia on the line. Sophia, how you doing? Oh, very well. Now, Dr. Buckner and Gary, at the end when I'm done, if there's time, I want us to pray for Cece and Rosalina. I miss him, so I hope he and Rosalina are well. Now, what I wanted to say was I have a coworker. Now, we have a Zoom, I think they call it Zoom um, meetings. But anyway, she's a Black Lives Matter person, and um, she said 
she's a big Michael Jackson fan. She said Paris Jackson was raised by a Jehovah Witness. She said if you look at the Jehovah Witnesses that go door to door, they're mainly black. And Jesus was white, so he's a racist. And so the, the only religion that she can see that favors the blacks would be the Jehovah Witnesses, because Christians are basically white and racist. And so that was her feeling. And she said the Jackson, Michael Jackson never would have let Paris be raised by someone if he didn't believe that Jehovah Witness was the true word. Now, that's her opinion, but I wanted your opinion on the Jehovah Witnesses and that Jesus is a racist because well, he's white. Yeah, yeah, well, the, first and foremost, thank you for uh, the, uh, the the call as well as the question, and as well as thank you for the Lord using you with your donation. We really uh, appreciate that. And uh, But let me just say this about Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, there is anybody that's connected with a Jehovah's Witness, mm-hmm. uh, you can't uh, believe them uh, at all, hardly at all, because they are a cult. And the reason why they are a cult, because they deny the Trinity, the deity of Christ, the bodily resurrection, the atonement, the second coming of Christ, and they deny a lot of other things along with that. So uh, I wouldn't put too much stock in believing anything they say, uh, even when it comes to Black Lives Matter uh, or any issue like that. So that's the first thing I want to say, that uh, I'm not going to put any stock into uh, what a cult uh, says because uh, they're not thinking right, they're not operating right. And uh, so uh, the second thing is this, that uh, Jesus, uh, it's important for us to be uh, educated on uh, the ethnicity of Jesus. You know, he came through the line of Judah, and uh, David was a Jew, and he was through the line of Judah. He came through the line of David. Uh, you just look at the genealogies, and that anybody with uh, just uh, basic intelligence would know that. And then secondly, uh, I would encourage you to also uh, look at uh, John 4, uh, when Jesus was dialoguing with a woman at the well, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she said, you being a Jew, ask drink of me. Uh, she confirmed that he was a Jew. And anybody that says that Jesus was uh, white or uh, the, the, the Jesus that the people talk about in the Bible <clears throat> was white uh, and it was a racist, uh, they are totally ignorant to not only the uh, Bible, but the, uh, the ethnicity of Jesus, when it comes to that, uh, a lot of this stuff is, uh, you know, being taught with the black Hebrew Israelites, uh, you know, saying that the Christianity teaching of Jesus was a, a white man and he was actually uh, black and then the nation of Islam teach that stuff. And then you got the Black Lives Matter and, uh, you know, saying some things and they're anti-Christian, and so anything that represents that, too, anti-Christian and Marxist. So you can't believe anything that's coming out of that as well. So Black Lives Matter does not represent the majority of Black uh, Americans. They represent a small group of people that is surrounded around what uh, the police, uh, white racist police, do to Black people. Uh-huh. But as far as uh, the majority of black Americans, they uh, don't have anything to do with Black Lives Matter and don't want anything to do with it. So 
they don't represent me and and I'm not going to even uh, put my name in there with it. So I think that uh, uh, we just have to be equipped in dealing with these sort of things and saying uh, to uh, uh, your your coworker, uh, I would say uh, all that stuff that you're talking about. What what does what uh, is what is that stuff going to do to us? Anybody getting saved? Who's going to get saved and talking about? Black Lives Matter, White Lives Matter, oh, so uh, Brown yeah. Lives Matter. And you know what Paul said? Paul said, anything that I talk about other than Christ is all dung, D-U-N-G. Most oh, people, that's so good. You know, most yeah. people know what that means to be translated. So mm-hmm. uh, if I don't talk about Christ, I mean, the point that I would say is that you can say you, uh, you, you Joe Witnesses represent this about Black Lives Matter and all that. And what does it matter? What, what? What, what when it comes down to Christ, it don't mean a, a hell of beans because the big issue is, uh, do you know Jesus? And when you bring Jehovah's Witnesses back to that, then that takes them to saying, well, I know Jesus because he's Michael the Archangel. No, the Bible doesn't teach that he's Michael the Archangel. The Bible teaches that uh, he is the eternal Word made flesh, uh, that he died and came back alive in a physical body and Joe witnesses say that he was an invisible spirit creature and uh, that he never died on the cross, but on a stake. And so these are the things that I would say, get her, get, get her back to who Jesus is. Now look, these, I can get into discussions with you on this, but all of this stuff is done. Uh, well, you know, actually what you were saying, sorry to interrupt, but what you were saying in your opening was the alpha and the uh, omega I mean, that kind of says it all. You know, if, if, if they can't, if, if you're, can't I say that to a Jehovah Witness, if they say, oh, no, he's not God, can't I say that to them? Because it proves that he is. He says it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can, you can say that because, as I was saying in the beginning of my teaching, that that's a, anything that Jehovah Witnesses hate, don't like, it, that's what you give to them. And that's a good point because they don't like the book of Revelation, especially when you're saying, Jesus called the Alpha and Omega. The Father's called that. Do you have two Alphas and Omegas or one? They can't answer that because they'll try to jump over to other scriptures and that sort of thing. But what a good question you have. Uh, Very good question. Hopefully I've been able to give you something. Oh, no, you are, as always, so fabulous, and I appreciate it. And God bless you both. God bless you, too, and thank you for your call. We look forward to your call next week if possible. Okay, thank you. God bless you. Gary, you want to say a few things on? Well, we have another caller, so let's oh, go. Do. To, yeah, Who let's go have? to uh, Daryl. Uh, okay, he wants to talk uh, about the millennium. About the millennium. Mm-hmm. Daryl, okay. are you there? Yes, I am. Uh, yes, Daryl, we have about a minute or two uh, okay. because we have to have some time to close okay. out. Uh, uh, and this is something that I would r- really want to entertain. But what is your question, quickly, and then I'll kind of entertain it for a moment. And then I will. We'll pick up. Maybe you can call me next week. What? What's your question? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, just the airplane view of the believers in the millennium. What happens after the thousand years? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know that after the thousand year uh, reign uh, of Christ, uh, you know uh, there there will be a uh, judgment of the uh, you know the unrighteous. They will be judged by Christ. And then uh, after that, uh, the the righteous will have been judged, 
And then, because uh, they have been judged before, but after the millennium, those who lived in the millennium will be judged because he's already judged the, the, the righteous and unrighteous. So the ones living in the millennium who rejected him, they will be judged. And then he will set up his uh, uh, millennium kingdom, which he's done for a thousand years. And after that, we will uh, have a new heaven and earth by which we will be on heaven uh Edom that was lost will be Edom restored. That's why it says we will inherit the earth. And so uh, those who are in heaven now will come back down in the uh, and reign with Christ, but we will continue to reign with him on the earth. And that's where uh, paradise will be forever. We will be reigning with him on the earth. And I'll say some more about this, but hopefully that gives you a little insight. Thank you so much. Yeah, good question, and I want to dialogue some more, but just keep in mind, we will inherit the earth and be with Christ on the earth, and uh, th that's why it says that there will be a new heaven and earth. Okay, okay, thank you for your call. Thank you. God Brother Gary, you. I'm going to turn it over to you and let you knock a home run so we have enough time to call. Okay, thank you. God bless. Thank you for your call. God bless you. All right. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to uh, hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note. Let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, PO Box 553, Tiburon, California. You can also reach Dr. Buckner by phone at area code 415-721-1778. If you have friends or relatives outside the broadcast area, encourage them to listen to Contending for the Faith online at kfax, kfax.com. Um, and so we just want to remind you to keep us in your prayers. And until next week at this time, when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, Always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. <laughs>